to episode 136 of The Locomotive. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. Uh, John, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing alright. Got my internet working. Didn't have to deal with it last night like we normally do. That, that would have been horrible. <laughs> Seeing as like, how it would have been like yeah. one in the goddamn morning when it finally started working. Yeah, uh, but... So, uh, you know, could always be worse, I suppose, but... It could. I mean, all, like... I was basically all I did was just keep restarting my computer while playing Soul Silver. So I'm like <laughs> working my way through so I can catch Mewtwo. Yep. So it's like I, it's not like I was entirely just sitting here bored out of my mind staring at a not working computer. Right. But, not like what I would be doing. Yeah. Swearing a lot. <laughs> yes, that is one thing I do a lot. Yeah. My I was more getting I was more just getting frustrated and just being really glad you weren't downstairs yet. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. At least we don't have to put up with that shit, I guess. So. No, all right, I, I did, but not severely. Yeah. So, all right, we're just gonna kind of talk about a couple of random things this week, actually. Um, I'll be honest; I don't know if I've um, uh, aside from sorting things, if I've hardly like touched a magic card to play a game this week. Um, not even on Arena. No, I don't think I have. Um, I don't. I don't really like Eldraine Limited. All right. And. Like, I could hop on and play Murder Kill and stuff like that, which I do every once in a while, but it's like... Even that does get repetitive, um, right? Yeah. So Even if you I, do enjoy it. Yeah, I do. And, like, you know... And it's one of those things where it's, like, it's fun to play the games, but I can only play a few games because I either lose instantly or um, the games... As I said, it's one of those decks that you win on turn three, and but your opponent doesn't... Yeah. really realize it like to some like, degree like you have a lock but you're not going to win truly until like, until like yeah. 20 yeah until like turn 20 like you know so, so. but okay so um uh yeah we're gonna ki we'll kick it off with a couple things here john why don't you um uh i think we're gonna talk about some magic event that's going on uh, yeah, so Mythic Championship 7 is going on right now uh, we're currently playing the top 8 I think yeah, Which is, world. yeah, top eight in our world. It's uh, double elimination, so it's not like, you know, a normal top eight or any of that stuff. Okay. Um, but I was thinking last night that it actually might be a good idea to talk about the decks that are currently in the top eight. Because mm -hmm. these decks are going to decide what the standard metagame is, is going to be for the rest of the year. Yeah. Like, it's this is these decks will decide the standard metagame until the next um basically set release because yep. this is the last big tournament until that stuff happens and so obviously since these are the last large decks that come out these decks are going to severely affect the metagame including mm -hmm. meta at the local level yep yeah <laughs> guess what we all pay attention to that so yep so i figured it would be a good idea to talk about the, right. the deck list so well, let's let's just do exactly that then, John. So, tell me, tell me about what's happening. So first things first, I need to point out that I'm smarter than Seth Manfield. <laughs> uh, uh, after the most recent set of bannings, uh, Seth went on Twitter and said that basically green is now unplayable, and Watsy killed it by banning all the cards that they did. Okay. And I was like, here's the thing, Nissa plus Hydroid Crisis was the best thing you could possibly do before Eldraine. I have no 
doubt it's going to be really freaking good after they ban the best cards out of Eldraine. Yeah, right. And lo and behold, there's a single deck in the top eight not playing green. <laughs> Including the first deck, which is playing four Nissa Who Shakes the World and four Hydroid Crisis. It's it's almost like you said Nissa is the really good card, right? Yeah, I'm like I'm like, yeah, here's the thing. The reason why all green decks play out the same is because Nissa makes them play out the same. Yeah. But this deck is actually kind of sweet. Okay. Who, so the, whose deck is this? Andrea Mingucci. Okay. That guy's been pretty good. He's been freakishly good this year. He's like this year, tear. he's probably number two this year, only behind Javier. Yeah. Because Javier is just taking everyone down. <laughs> yeah, he's just crushing. Yeah. Javier is hands down the best Magic player right now in the world. Yeah. Like, without a doubt. And Andrea is a close second, I think. Mm -hmm. I think they are better than Seth Manfield at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, although Seth did come up with a deck that is literally three decks in the top eight. So, <laughs> all right. So Simic Ramp by Andrea Mangucci. Okay. This this deck has some weird numbers. All right. Okay. Two, which you probably like, right? <laughs> some of these I question. Okay. Like two Arboreal Grazer. Really, two. How do you decide that two is the correct number of a card that's only good on turn one? That's that's a really awkward choice right there. I, I do agree. It's weird. All right. That's strange, yeah. So then we have the boring four Hydroid Crisis, and okay, then yeah. we we have the the go-to combo of four Leaf Kindred, four Risen Reef, because, you know, yep. both play well together. Four Cavalier of Thorn, which is a really, really good magic card. Yes, it is. It's really annoying when you play against it with Murder Kill. Like, that card was only not played because Oko made it much worse. Like, a 5-6 yeah. reach for 5 is huge. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have a single Agent of Treachery and a single End Raise 4 Runners. Okay. This man I mean, has those... a plan. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll, I'll just say, like, if you get the Agent of Treachery going, it is just miserable. It is. Like, I've... In my um, uh, murder kill deck, I've had that go off against me a couple times, and it's like, ugh, it just is the worst feeling ever. Like, it, it's a flat three for one. Yeah. Like, no matter what happens. Yeah, like just on its surface, and then usually they're recurring it. Yeah, like they're, they're recurring like, it, or they're bouncing it, or they're copying it, which yeah. we'll get to later. It's like mm -hmm. it's more. It's de it is demoralizing. Yeah, it's demoralizing. <laughs> So then we have the uh, full four of the best card in standard, Nissa Who Shakes the World. Yep. Uh, two, two finale of devastation to find his Endraise Forerunners and Agents of Treachery. I mean, that does things. It does. He effectively is playing three copies of each in his deck, right? Yeah. Uh, four Growth Spiral, because ramp is good. And two okay. quasi-duplicates. <laughs> the, the, the spicy biscuits. <laughs> so these are his other two copies of Endrace yep. Forerunner and Agent of Treachery. Yep. So, I like, his actual spell suite is really, really good. I actually do. I really yep. like it. He's playing 28 lands, which for me is a little high, but for what he's trying to do, like, you need to make sure your Gross Spiral is a ramp spell. You yep. need to make sure your Arboreal Grazer, when you play it, is a ramp spell. Like, your mm -hmm. whole goal is to get out a metric crap ton of mana, cast a Nessa, and then cast a Hydroid Crisis for 10. Like, yep. 
That's and what then win the game from there. That is what he is trying to do. Mm-hmm. And do we care about talking about sideboards? Whatever you think, but I mean, okay. I don't. I don't care honestly. The only thing that sticks out to me as being weird is he's playing two Return to Nature, which I don't think I've ever seen in a sideboard ever for being what is basically the best sideboard card ever printed. Hmm. Destroy target artifact, destroy target enchantment, exile target card from a graveyard. Like, yeah, it's super versatile, but. Standard just doesn't care about those things. Right? I don't know. Yeah, it is one of those cards that, like, it does everything you want a sideboard card to do, but, like, right now, it's like, who cares, you know? Mm. But, I don't know. Clearly, he's worried about something. I guess it yeah. does, it does actually, it does a lot of work against the cat food deck. I suppose, yeah. Because it blows up the oven, it you, blows yeah, up Trail can... of Crumbs, and you can exile a cat. Yeah. So it does technically hit everything, but your timing has to be perfect, perfect. to hit. Yeah, like, like that's the problem with the cat deck is like, it's not that you can't break up the pieces; it's just that you have to break up the pieces at the exact right time. Yeah, and like, you need to hope that they don't already have like, you know, backups. Yeah, like if you miss that window, it's just horrible for you. So, uh, next up we have Brad Nelson playing Seth Manfield stack. As far as I know. Brad Nelson, Seth Manfield, and Javier Dominguez are all playing an identical 75. Jeez. Uh, and these I bet are... they're not green because Seth said they're horrible, right? Nah, about that. Okay, well, we'll, we'll maybe get to that. <laughs> yeah, so they... They're, as far as I know, they're playing the exact same 75. Mm-hmm. All three people playing this deck are in the top eight. So this All is right. the, this is the thing that actually kind of blows my mind. It only plays two hydroid graces. Oh really? So this this is uh, this is Simic Flash. It's playing oh, much okay. more yep. to that style. Yep. So we got two Krasis, three Paradise Druid, two Brazen Borrower, which is still a ridiculously overpriced card and should not be thirty goddamn dollars. Uh, it's a good like it's a good card, but I feel like people just overrate it. It's because it's it's because it's a mythic and it brings back thoughts of Vendillion Click. Yeah. Like, granted, it's super rare, right? Like, I've opened multiple boxes, multiple packs. I have never opened a Brazen Borrower. I opened one in my pre-release. But it's like, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. uh, so then he has the four frilled mystic, four night pack ambusher package, which those usually okay. go like hand in hand. Yep. Yep. Because if you hold up, if you're representing four mana. Either one of those cards is going to be really good, depending on what your opponent does, and it's yep. really hard for them to play around both. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course the four Nissa who shakes the world. That's <laughs> gosh, pretty... who would have guessed? Yeah, it's almost like this card is defining standard. Uh, two main deck Aethergust, which I would like to make a hmm. comment about this. Okay, people need to stop saying, "Oh my God, they're main decking sideboard cards." This format is terrible. People need to stop thinking of cards like this as being sideboard cards. There's no difference between main decking a card like Aethergust and main decking a card like a Shatter Effect in Mirrodin. Yeah. Like, you build your main deck around what you expect to encounter in other people's main decks. Yeah. I, the concept of a card being a sideboard card is kind of just bullshit right in this modern age. Yeah. Because a lot of people are building their decks... like. I think we actually have Arena to thank 
for this, and I do, I truly do think this is a thank thing because it forces people to think differently. Because yep. on arena, you can't just hat like you need to tailor yourself around what you're going to see on the regular because people are yep. going to be grinding very specific decks on arena because mm -hmm. they want to climb the ladder. If you're not main decking cards like Aethergust, like Noxious Grasp, and things along those lines, when you know 90% of your opponents are going to be playing in green and or red in the case of Aethergust, you're just leaving value on the table. Oh yeah. Like my, I mean when I built Murder Kill there before Oko got banned, I just main decked Noxious Grasp and also main deck Legion's end. Like those are sideboard-ish cards. They target something very specific and do something very specific against specific decks. Yeah, but, like, in a game one situation, like, I kind of want to have them both in my deck. <laughs> yeah, there there are multiple formats where a card like Legion's End would be stone unplayable. Oh, yeah. Like, not even <laughs> sideboardable. Yep. Like, you look at that card, and you're like, yeah, this card's totally like a sideboardish card, right? But mm -hmm. it is it is main deckable in format, in, like, in standard, because of what yep. it hits. Yep. It's really, yeah, it's kind of weird almost, but... Uh, so then we got four more Grow Spiral, a main deck Negate, three Quench, two Mystical Dispute, and three Sinister Sabotage. Okay. Once again, I would like to go on record that main decking Mystical Dispute does not mean blue is too too common. It means that Mystical Dispute is a slightly easier to cast Sinister Sabotage against some decks, and it is a really, really good card against other decks. Yep. There's nothing wrong or weird about main decking and mystical dispute. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because people are like, the only reason people main deck mystical dispute is because Oko exists. Oko's gone. Seth Manfield would main deck mystical dispute in his deck. Get wrecked. <laughs> uh, uh, 26 yeah. lands. And that's that. Only mm -hmm. thing that really sticks out is uh, in the sideboard is they decided to play a much weaker version of Oko. They have Kenruth's transformation. <laughs> okay. All I right. don't know. I don't. That, they have it as a one of in their sideboard. I don't know why, but that just like blows my mind. <laughs> I don't. I'm. I'm sure there are the cards where you'd want to board it in because you're playing blue green. You don't have good creature removal. Like, at yeah, I all. Suppose, so. It's like, that is your creature removal, as it were. <laughs> and then he, they have the third Hydroid Crisis in the sideboard, so. Powerful Magic Card. So, right. Sideboard worthy. Yep. Huh. Uh, so. So I'm expecting. We've got two Nissa decks so far. Yeah, we have two Nissa decks. I personally think, hands down, that this Simic Flash deck is going to be the most common deck going forward because of the numbers it is putting up and the people who are playing it. People like to copy Seth, they like to copy Brad Nelson, they definitely like to copy, copy Javier Dominguez. Yeah. So I am expecting there to be a lot of this deck running around. So just putting that out there. And yeah, we're two decks in, we have eight main deck misses. Alright. Tick, tick up the Nissa counter. Alright. Next up, we have another green deck. This one is not playing Nissa, though. It's playing another Planeswalker main deck as a four of. Okay. Which I actually I like this one more than Nissa, but we'll get to that when we get the Planeswalkers. Okay. Uh, so we have Golgari Adventures. Okay. What is your opinion on the Adventures decks in general? 
Um, I don't know. I've I've never been high on him. Right. I think it's because I have a fairly good matchup with uh, Murder Kill. Yeah, your opponent casts Edge while Innkeeper, and you're just like, lol. Yeah, you, usually if I have it, it's just like, okay, we'll disfigure that right away. Or it's like, well, I'll cast a three-mana murder that exiles in um, uh, Cry, from the, Cry of the Carnarium. It's like, whatever. So, um, I, I have trouble interacting with some things, but like for the most part, it's kind of like, whatever. And I end up... Uh, yeah, I've always so I think my main quotations problem with the deck like Golgari Adventures is Edgewall Innkeeper is very very powerful but it's only powerful because of the other cards you're playing Yep, and you have to at least if you draw one card you've only broken even a 1 mana 1-1 one, one is not yeah. something you want to be playing in standard no and on that so we have first two cards. Four Edgewall Innkeeper, four Foulmire Knight. Foulmire Knight is another one of those cards that it's like... I actually do have it in the uh, Mono Black Aggro deck that yeah. I've been playing lately. Uh-huh. But I have boarded out almost every time, and I don't actually think it's that powerful. The fact <laughs> it's a 1-1 Death Touch is really nice against like certain cards, but that's... Yeah. Like... like- like that's that that card is one that I've looked at. and I'm like, do I play this in Murder Kill, like over uh, the two mana one two Death Touch that dies into a Orzhov Enforcer? Yeah, it's like, like maybe. It it it's one of those cards that feels like it's like sitting right on that fence of being good enough. Like it's probably a better top deck late game, but like yeah. the one one flyer, like the fact. The the Orzhov Enforcer makes two bodies is possibly more relevant. I don't know. It is because it really screws up my opponents. Some, uh, uh, like when they try to kill it and stuff for the removal. Yeah. Like even if it is just a one-one body, it doesn't give them like free attacks and stuff. Mm. But yeah, that's neither here nor there because Murder Kill is not in the top eight. <laughs> it is not. Last time I checked. <laughs> uh, so we got two Order of Midnight which is one of my favorite uh, cards in the Mono Black deck. Four Paradise Druid, four Lovestruck Beast. That card... Okay, This card is better than I I think it has any right to be. That card is better than it has any right to be, but that card is way worse than people think it is. Yes. It's really, really really good against red, because it just blocks all day. Like, I don't think it's a good attacker. I think it's an amazing blocker. Like... I mean, obviously, I come from a very unique perspective, mm. but um, uh, anytime my opponent plays one of those against me when I'm playing Murder Kill, I'm just like, yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I love Struck Beast existing is also it has it's the only reason they're playing Foulmire Knight and Edgewall Innkeeper, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you need a reliably large number of one ones because mm-hmm. otherwise he just sits there and does nothing. Yeah, and like basically, my game plan with Murder Kill is just like, you know. Keep playing your one ones because eventually I'm gonna play um uh, ethereal Absol- absolution and you're just not gonna be able to do anything with that card. Uh, you'll you can block. A lot of people forget that Lovestruck Beast can block if you don't have a one. Which which against me doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't give a shit. So. <laughs> but yeah, so like I but I mean overall I think the card is fine as you said. Like being a five five is something. Yeah, it is. That is a relevant. That, oh yeah, that is a relevant stat size for three mana. <laughs> Speaking of three or three mana, we also have four rotting regisaur. That card is just annoying. 
I like rotting Regisaur. I do too, actually. It's annoying, but I like it. Like, it's obviously amazing when you're already empty-handed, but if yeah. you're ever play, like, it does require you to actually plan out your turns if you plan on mm -hmm. casting this on turn three. Yeah, because unless you mulligan into oblivion, this you're gonna have cards in hand. Mm -hmm. uh, then we got four murderous rider, and yep, obviously three questing beast. It's interesting that you have the rotting registers and the questing beast in this deck. Yeah, when they have nothing to do with like the synergy of the deck, they're just literally there for raw oof. Like those cards are just like on rate, just good is the thing. They are like. That's that's what makes the Golgari Adventures deck not a pure synergy deck. It is just a good on rate deck if you yeah. curve out a certain way, right? Like Murderous Rider <laughs> is not about synergy. It's just good on rate. Yeah, it's just like this card is just literally a two for one. Yeah. Even so. uh Order of Midnight, a two mana two two flyer that can't block is just solid by itself. Yeah. You just have is. you have altered fate as like a nice little value thing, right? Gravedigger is not constructed playable, but it's close to being constructed playable. It's like it's one of those cards that's like right on the edge. Like like you could see a world where it's playable if it was just like just a smidgen better. It's kind of like Mind Drop kind of falls weirdly into that category. Yeah. Like imagine if Gravedigger was three mana. A three mana yeah. two two that bought back a creature. That's probably that's probably standard playable. Yeah, probably. Right? And then uh, four, he's playing four Vivian Arcbow Ranger, Ooh. which I think is interesting. I've, I've, mm. I really, really liked Vivian when I first saw her for older format purposes because I was really yeah. hoping we'd get Kaladesh in Historic. Instead, yeah, and then we, we could just noodle people out. Instead, we got Pioneer, which means I also get to play Vivian Arcbow Ranger, and so. we get to noodle people out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then a card that was recently taken off the ban list, the Great Henge. Recently taken off the ban list? You couldn't play this card when Oko was around. Oh, okay. All right. All the right, guys. Sit down. To be fair, Oko did legit make it impossible to play, like, the Great Henge or the Cauldron of Eternity or any of those cards. True. Because they would just become 3-3s. Three <laughs> and yeah. that just feels bad, man. Yeah. Uh, 24 lands, nothing really interesting in the sideboard. Epic Downfall, but that's becoming just, like, a mainstay thing that you play in sideboards. That seems totally fine. Like, it's the, it's a really, really clean answer to Wicked Wolf. Yeah, right? Like, it's the only clean answer to Wicked Wolf, so. <laughs> so I dig it. Yeah, I mean, if you're not playing 30 <laughs> bazillion, you know, different removal spells in your deck like I am, like, you need... Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. oh, what else? Next up, anything else you have to say on Golgari Adventures? Not really. Um, I said I haven't ran into any recent lists of it since some of the changes. So, no, not really your style of deck. So, no, not really. Like I'm, yeah, it's, it's a little too normal for me in some ways. Yeah. It happens. All right. Next <laughs> up, we have. Mr. Javier Dominguez, which is playing the exact same main deck as Brad Nelson, but it looks like he okay. changed one card in the sideboard. He's not playing a sideboarded Aethergust. He's playing a second sideboarded Kenrith's Transformation. 
So is that card actually good? Like I said, I think it's the only it's the only good removal quotations you have in these colors, right? I suppose, yeah. Like it's it's just, that it or, just feels so awkward. Yeah, it's that or bouncing with Raisin Borrower. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. I'm weirdly happy that the card's showing up in constructed format because um, uh, when we talked about the the set and everything, that was the one one of the cards that was drawn by that artist that I saw on Reddit. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's sweet that he that his cards see play. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's also playing a crushing canopy in the sideboard as opposed to return to nature or whatever it's called. So. Okay. I mean, which is kind of like, okay. It's just, it's attacking different things, right? Yeah, crushing like... canopy is better in like the mirror because you're going to kill Kydroid Graces. <laughs> that matters. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we already talked about that, so let's just move on a little. Uh, next yeah. up, we have Jun the Sacrifice. This deck is obnoxious. <laughs> this deck is really, really hard to play. And bad people need to stop playing it. Because they don't know how to play it. Uh... Also, this card is playing Corvold Fakehurst King, which is a Brawl deck exclusive. And Brawl decks are really hard to come by. So, which oh my means... gosh. So are people are people all full of the sad and the mad? Yeah, he's like eighteen dollars by himself right now. Huh. So That's funny. It, way, but... They only play it as a two of though, so it's not like super, super crazy. Okay, so you don't need like a full set at least. Like... No. Okay. <laughs> so we got four Cauldron Familiar, four Gilded Goose, so you know, standard one drops. Yep. Two District Guide is interesting. I don't think I've seen anyone play this. No, I don't think I have either. Like, it makes sense. It's value upon sure, value. Yeah. Uh, sure, I guess, yeah. For Mayhem Devil, the actual reason to play red. Like, Corvold right. is, is really good and has, like, combo kill potential. Mm -hmm. Mayhem Devil is the reason why you play red. Yeah. Uh, like, that also, card is just annoying. <laughs> I also hate Mayhem Devil because morons on the internet are calling this deck, uh, uh, like, or they're calling like the red black version red black unicycle because the devil is riding a unicycle, and I think they're idiots. So <laughs> putting that out there, that just seems like something that would make you upset. So we'll go with it. It's just the most bullshit name for a deck ever. Uh, I don't like old naming conventions of decks, and just because yeah. one card in your deck has a random unicycle on it doesn't mean you call your deck unicycle. You don't even have cycling. <laughs> uh. <sighs> okay all right, right yeah uh single midnight reaper which is interesting normally i think that card's played as more of just one but yeah i think i i mean that's usually kind of one of those cards that people stack up on yeah so i had to like processes in my head i'm like midnight reaper but then i remembered <laughs> uh thrashing brontodon as a three of in the main deck yeah buddy the I, I don't even care if it's good or not i'm just happy I mean, he's just copying what we did like three standards ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Main decking Threshing Brontodon. Threshing Brontodon is just a legit good card. It is. Like, I, I, it's not one of those cards that's like, oh, this card can only go on sideboards because it targets artifacts. Like, it's just <laughs> legit. Like, this card is just straight up a good card. It's a three mana it. three four with upside. Yeah. Like, like hell yeah. Like, like the this, rate's good. This thing is the second coming of Quasali Pride Mage. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, fight me, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I won't argue. Yeah. 
Speaking of speaking of fights, we got three Wicked Wolf. Okay. I mean, your food deck makes sense. And then the two Corvold Fae Cursed King. Okay. Uh, Only one Vraska in the main deck, which I think is about normal. I think so, from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, Then we got four Witches Oven, four Trail of Crumbs, you know. Which is Oven Trail of yep. Crumbs, called the Familiar. That's the Wombo combo. The, yeah, the classics. Okay. <laughs> and then three main deck casualties of war. What is that card? <laughs> I don't Two. even know off the top of my head. Black, black, green, green, sorcery. Choose one or more. Oh, that thing that's like, yeah, kill everything. Yeah, okay. blow up one of everything. Huh. Really? So this card. This card was actually in the Golgari Adventures sideboard also. This is a common-ish sideboard card. Three in the main deck. This guy is very, very certain that the most common deck he's going to play against is the Mirror, and he wants he wants a Mirror Breaker. Yeah, that's interesting. Unfortunately, the most common deck he's playing against is not the Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might have been to get him here, but it's definitely not going to be now. Definitely not anymore. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah. I dig it. I, I mean, I I was playing a deck that straight up played four casualties of war a while ago. So. Did you? Oh, I didn't even know that. It was a, uh, it was a Japanese deck that someone played. And it just played, like, a bunch of casualties of war and other ways of, like, destroying your opponent's permanents and shit. It was kind of sweet. I don't remember where I got the list or even what else was in the list, but I remember I literally, in three turns in a row, I cast casualties of war. (laughs) And your opponent was sad. My opponent was very sad. (laughs) Oh, it was was casualties of war, and I was playing, like, four main deck... um, uh, Field of Rune. Okay. Because this is back when everyone was playing like three color mana bases with no basics. Oh, so you just savagely smash them like that? Yeah, you're like you're playing black green, straight up black green, a bunch of basics, and you're just like stone raining them out of the goddamn game. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. I don't like playing prison, but every once in a while, it feels good to punish people. Sometimes, sometimes you just need to punish people for their sins, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, like, all right, if you're going to just be unreasonable here, like we got to have the fun, please. Yeah, I don't think that Blood Moon is a card that necessarily adds a lot of value to a format. I think Blood Moon is necessary in formats. Yeah, sometimes it's just like, all right, we're, everybody's getting a little too uppity here. Like, you got to, you know, we're playing Magic here. There's mana is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Anything else to say about the Jun Cat deck? Uh, I don't know. I find cat decks annoying, but I mean, they are annoying. There's a yeah. lot of actions, and people play them slowly. <laughs> yeah, and Murder Kill does not necessarily work really well against it. So, all right. So next up, we have Jeskai Fires. Okay. By Paulo Vitor Damadarosa. Huh. This guy. This guy. What has he ever done in Magic? Like, seriously. Yeah, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> Real talk, like. Yep. He's at least poking Finkel in the back for, like, a discussion on best Magic player ever, right now, right? I mean. Has like he, he ha- surpassed Kai, is the question. 
Like, he's been relevant for a long time. A long time. A long time. And I think that's worthwhile to even just mention. Like, like I, I think that's important. I think the reason Finkel is the best Magic player in the world is because he randomly shows up and is like, I'll just top eight this event. Like, <laughs> that's like, what he does. Throughout freaking history is the thing. Like, that long. Like, I think, and that is why, you know, he's so, so freaking good. Like... The thing uh, is, man, I, like, he really has to be at least. also been yeah. around for a long time. Yeah, and like, I feel like you have to like at least be like, if you're talking about the best Magic player in the world, you have to at least bring up PV's name. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just that good. Like, my current tier is probably Finkel, PV, and LSV. I would probably go with that too. And a lot of people think that's blasphemy because I don't have Kai Bude in there anymore. Like, he's just not relevant anymore. Yeah. Like at the time, like like what Kai did was insane. Yes, the man like, was ridiculously dominant oh, in his time. Absolutely insane what he did. Like, and I don't think, I don't think you can uh, downplay that. Like, I, I think you have to respect that. Yes, but like I think when you're talking about goats, like you have to look at the breadth of history, you and do. you know, and like. The thing is, is that Kai did his thing and absolutely smoked people for that period of time. Yep. But then everything changed around him and Finkel still showed up here and there. And LSV, like, you know, LSV and Finkel are two people that, like, and I, I, I gotta imagine PV also, who have, like, earned their Hall of Fame again, like, credentials again, since they've been inducted. I'm like, almost certain PV has, and I think LSV is close. If not, it has I think he it. has. But, um, <laughs> like, I mean, there's something to be said when you're, like, when I, like, see a top eight list come out, and it's like, oh, PV's in the top eight again. Yeah. Like, and you're just not surprised. The man like, gets at least to, one a year. That has to tell you something about how good he is. Like, I, <sighs> it is truly mind-boggling. Yes, it is. I mean, like, it absolutely it, is. Like, he's just, yeah. Like, well, once again, all credit to Kai. If you were to literally, yes. like, carve a Mount Rushmore of magic, he'd be the second face you carve, right? Yes, I agree 100%. Like, the first one is Finkel, because it has to be. Yep. The second yep. one is Kai. Yep. But then, like, I think PV and LSV are really, really trying to get their face carved in that mountainside. And I think I think they have a very good case for getting it. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> All right, sorry, moving right. on to the actual relevant discussion. Oh, that wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one really interesting thing about this deck, actually. Okay. Uh, PV is known for playing decks with a lot of interaction and play to them. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, pros included, consider the Jeskai Fires decks and any of the Fires decks to be very, very one-dimensional. Okay. Because just Fires of Invention in and of itself forces you to be one-dimensional. Yeah. Right. I suppose you just like this is this is what we're doing, kids, yeah. and you put the pedal on the floor. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't interact. You can only cast spells on your turn. Yep. So as a result of that, you know, the fact that he has like two aether gusts in the main, he can never use those in instant speed. Yep. And that is an actual thing. He has four mystical dispute in his sideboard. Those are definitely death fiends fires in play. Yeah. Right. So like those exist for a reason. But that just shows you, like, this deck does have play to it, just not instant speed play. Yep. And but this... John, if cards aren't instant speed, they're automatically garbage. We learned this. Yeah, apparently. 
And that also just shows you how good he is to play a deck that is this one-dimensional and still make goddamn top eight. So Yeah, and still just be like... Or he's just the yeah. luckiest SOB in the goddamn universe at this point. Like, I've said this about myself to some degree, not with magic, but just life and stuff like that. And I'm like, at one point, do you just stop saying that everything is luck and, like, just accept that they're good? Yeah. Right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> all right so actual deck list two bone crusher giants it's a weird number for a two of crushing bones uh four four sphinx of foresight i still think that card is stupid stupid is in oh yeah you just hated this card when they first i just think it, it's a you? stupid card yeah this card is sweet you're wrong i'm glad I this card is seen play whatever i just think it's a dumb card and just whatever I think this this card seeing play in this deck was actually a Zvi Mauschwitz creation. Really? Yeah, because he or he's the one who popularized it at least. Okay. I can absolutely see him being the one who came to the realization because he just does not think about magic the same way everyone else does. <laughs> sometimes that's a boon, sometimes it's not. Yeah, uh, but he he understands the importance of if you this deck does not draw fires of invention, it is garbage. Yep. It is hot garbage. And Here's one thing I appreciate, too, is that people accepting that about their deck. Yeah. Like, just being like, all right, if I don't get my piece, this deck just, just doesn't work. All right, let's play. Like, <laughs> Well, the funny thing about that is, like, that's why I don't want to play Jeskai Fires, yeah. is because oh, yeah. I don't want a deck that requires me to draw one card. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't I don't criticize people for not doing it, but the people who are like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Like, I just, I respect that. I... I people have asked me what is your opinion on this deck i'm like as long as you're willing to accept that if you lose your fires you lose the game play it it does powerful mm -hmm. things i just won't yep. play it that's yep. why i didn't like the wish decks yep because like yep. fires plus wish to do something relevant the turn after just seems like a recipe for disaster in my mind yeah but yeah. uh so then we got four cavalier of flame which this okay. card is sweet uh three yep. cavalier of gales yeah, recavalierin'. <laughs> it's a really one, good one-two combo with Cavalier Flame because you gales, brainstorm, put back cards you don't want, or put back cards you do want. Cast Flame, pitch the cards you don't want, redraw the cards you do want. Right. I love that interaction. Uh, like these two, those cards, two cards work so well together. And then two Kenrith, the Returned King. Really. Yep. Okay. He, it's because his uh, his activated abilities are really, really good when you've never tapped mana. Fair point. <laughs> Trample and haste is basically the the main the main thing, but okay, yeah, you know, drawing a card and gaining life is also relevant. I mean, I like drawing cards, but yeah, <laughs> to him a turn. I mean, <laughs> so then we got uh, Teferi Time Raveler as a four of. Oh Could... no! Who would have thought that would be in a deck? Yeah. Because if you're only allowed to play cards at sorcery speed, your opponents can only play cards at sorcery speed. Uh, Let's play Hearthstone. I just I just realized that this deck literally make, turns magic into Hearthstone. Yeah, basically, right? It's kind of funny. <laughs> People complain about Teferi making magic into Hearthstone. It's like, no, this deck exactly makes yeah, magic this is into like Hearthstone. Hearthstone the Gathering 100% here. It's kind of sweet. Uh, two... Two main deck Aethergust, one Justice Strike. Justice Strike for all. Uh, three Shimmer Possibility, four Deafening Clarion, because this deck has one weakness. It cannot be an aggro deck to save its life. Yep. And four Vires of Invention. Okay. 
27 lands because even though you don't use your lands for mana, you need to play them to be able to cast your spells. It's super important. Yep, yep. And a third Kenrith the Returned King in the sideboard. Because why not, I guess? <laughs> just reasons. Uh. Interesting, this... I just realized this deck has zero drawn from dreams. It has one in the sideboard, and I think that's probably I Sphinx of Foresight. Foresight must have just completely replaced them. Huh. I mean, okay. it's kind of similar. So, <laughs> all, right. Da, da, da. all right. I mean, the deck's cool. If if nothing else, like it does do cool things. Weird. Like I've thought about building this deck before. I really have, and if I ever get bored playing the mono black deck, I probably will. But. Uh-huh. We'll see what happens. All right. <laughs> uh, so next up, we have another Jund Sacrifice deck. Yeah, this Jundrify. deck has four main deck casualties of war. Jeez. Committing. Zero Vraska. It's hmm. playing a three Beanstalk Giant. Really? So it has a full-on zero of the District Guide. It's playing Beanstalk Giant instead. I mean, that makes some amount of sense, but... They're very similar. It's cut one more card. I just can't figure out what the hell it was. Oh, he's main decking two Massacre Girl. Ooh, there we are. He's main decking Massacre Girl, zero Wicked Wolf. Hmm. Interesting. He's also... This deck... Uh, this de- this list is actually much different. It has... So it says four Call of Familiar, four Gilded Goose, four Mayhem Devil. They're a lock. Four Witches of a okay. Those are a lock. Yep. Two Murderous Rider, two Thrashing Bronze Dawn, two Massacre Girl, three Beanstalk Giant. Okay. I don't think the other deck had Thrashing Bronze Dawn, is it? Oh, never mind. I don't other, believe other, it did. Sorry, the other one had three Thrashing Bronze Dawn. Okay. So they're both playing Thrashing Bronze Dawn, but Massacre Girl, Murderous Rider, Beanstalk Giant, and then Extra Casualties of War. Hmm. This guy wants to interact with his opponent. Apparently. I thought we were playing Magic here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this uh, this is uh, Piotr Glugowski's deck. Apparently, he was talking to Chris Pakula early or yesterday or something like that, maybe mm-hmm. on Friday. And he was he was talking to Pakula, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm three zero, and I have three Beanstalk Giant in my deck." And <laughs> Pakula's like, "Do you really want that to be the correlation people see between your decks?" <laughs> uh. yeah. To be fair, Beanstalk Giant is a big boy. I mean, and that's what it's just—it's just kind of a big dumb idiot, is the thing. Like, yeah. I mean, I love it when people play Beanstalk Giant against me for against me for the most part because they're like Beanstalk Giant, and I'm like consume. Yeah. I'll gain a million life. <laughs> gain thirteen trillion life. And I wonder if there's fun. I wonder if there's any universe where your Beanstalk Giant can actually survive a massacre girl. Like, maybe that's why he's playing it. <laughs> maybe, like, I don't know. I find that to be unlikely, but you never know. I mean, stranger things have happened. But, I don't know. <laughs> uh, sideboard doesn't... Oh, never mind. There is an interesting thing in the sideboard. What interesting thing do we have in the sideboard? Two Deathless Knights. What the F is that? Uh, that is the Golgari 4-mana hybrid 4-2 haste skeleton knight. Whenever you gain life for the first time each turn, return Deathless Knight from your graveyard to your hand. 
Okay. So is threat? I guess I don't know. I mean, it's a combo with Cauldron Familiar, I guess. I suppose. Like, or do you think against Control? Just... There's not a lot of exile-based removal. Huh. Just a recursive threat, just to try and end the game. Eh, I suppose so. I mean, it's something. Okay. Like... like the fact he has haste is super relevant, in my opinion. He's basically Slash Panther. Basically, vintage all star. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, in this deck, he literally is colorless. Also, oh, never mind. There's a single mountain in the mana base, so he's oh, okay. almost colorless. All right. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, huh. Huh. Okay. All right. So then, last but not least, we have Seth Manfield playing. The unplayable colors that are complete, completely unplayable. You're still just like kind of salty about this. And I'm, I'm not salty. I just it just proves my point about people being overly hyperbolic about things, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, like Seth uh, Manfield is an amazing Magic player. He yes, has an amazing he's... mind for the game. I have mm-hmm. so much respect for him. Yeah. But dear God, dude. You just, he, just also got to throw the shade too. Yeah. Like, but he, he, he literally called. Insane. He called he called green unplayable, and then he literally broke the goddamn format. Yeah, like three mm. people playing this deck made top eight. The only three people in the room playing this deck made top eight. Yeah, hot damn, hot damn. Funny. Uh, looks like his sideboard is identical to Brad Nelson's. Okay, so, so I mean it is it is what yeah. it is. So. Javier decided to change some stuff up, but okay. that's it. I mean, what's Javier know about Magic? Yeah, Aside I, from winning a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was watching coverage before you came down today, yep. just to like you know start stressing my internet, and make sure it was working. And they were doing an interview with a guy, and they're in uh, Maria Bertholdi. She was like, "So tell the people at home why they should why they should root for you to win." He's like, "Well." Assuming you're, you know, normal, you probably get bored watching the same person win all the time. So <laughs> he was throwing shade at Javier because they were friends, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You know, you probably want someone other than Javier to win for once. <laughs> I can dig it. I can yep. dig it. Yep, that's good. I like that. <laughs> well, that's, that's so, the entire top eight. So. All right, so we looked at the entire top eight here. So, you know. We just read off a bunch of def- decks. Let's talk about. So, what does that what does that say about the format? I guess. Like, what are, what are we seeing with this? Obviously, you said this is gonna. You know, we we constantly say don't put too much stock in one event or anything, but people are gonna put too much stock in one event, and this is gonna define what standard is going forward, as you said. Like, yes. Until rotation base or not rotation until we get a new set. Um, so, what are we seeing here? What does this say? I mean, obviously, it says green's really good, right? Yes. So it says it says green's really good. I'm going to go so far as to say this just proves that the bans were correct. Okay. Because they literally banned three cards, <laughs> all from Simic. Yep. And there's a lot of Simic. There's a lot of green. Uh-huh. Like, there's... The cat food deck was actually weak to something like... Um, Veil of Summer, because you could Veil of Summer the Mayhem Devil Triggers and then your opponent dies. Okay, It's funny. (laughs) You know, Oko going away. My whole argument with Oko is all he was was Oko was a bridge. 
yep. a bridge to get you to the late game. It was, it was a bridge to get you to Nissa. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was. That's exactly it. He was a bridge to get yep. you to Nissa plus Hydroid Crisis. Yep. Go figure. Really good decks right now. Nissa and Hydroid Crisis. Who would have thunked? Yeah. Mainly Nissa because Nissa's insane. But yeah. it seems, depending on what happens here, it seems like Nissa might actually not be too bad i still probably would abandon her but that's just me <laughs> yeah i mean that's you though yeah it's like you know don't take my word for everything for obvious reasons <laughs> so green is still good simic is still good but at the same time while this is not the most diverse thing ever this is still kind of a diverse metagame right okay so we have Jund, we have Simic Ramp, we have Simic Flash, we have Golgari Adventures, we have Jund Sacrifice times two. Two very different main deck builds, even though they have the same oh, goal. Yeah. Very different builds. But we have Jeskai Fires. So this tells me that white is f***ing garbage. <laughs> like, real talk. Yeah, I guess. Teferi Time Raveler, Kenrith the Returned King. Deafening Clarion. Yeah, those are the white cards seeing play, and they're all they're all multicolor cards. Let's they're, be real. Here. Yeah, they're all multicolor cards. Yep. <laughs> so clearly, white is probably a little on the weak side. Just a touch. But I don't know if that's necessarily like a condemning thing, right? That's just standard yeah. right now. Yeah, it's just. I mean, like standard ebbs and flows and everything. I mean, there was a, exactly. there was a point where. Mono white aggro was a thing in standard, and it was not that long ago. No, there was a thing where white was the best thing to be doing in Magic for yep. a year because Gideon and Archangel Avacyn existed. Oh man, or Avacyn, whatever her name was, Avacyn the ass wrecker. Yeah, <laughs> Avacyn the get wrecked. Yeah, you know, like that was a very, very powerful one-two punch of cards that a lot of people played, yep. and it was really, really bad, annoying. Yep. So you know. As shit ebbs and flows. I don't know. I, I do think that this is an actually... Oh, I think this is a good top eight. Yeah, even, if, even if it's green heavy. It's green heavy, but a lot of the decks have play to them. That yep. was a big thing that people said about Simic Food. It sucked to watch. It was yep. really annoying that the games all played out the same. But there mm -hmm. was a lot of play to it. Yep. Like If you watched the last Mythic Championship finals it was mm -hmm. simic versus simic and there was a lot of play to it going on yeah you know it's less it's less annoying when things actually happen and it's not just like you know you're just watching people slam something on the table and turn it sideways or whatever yeah or which, like just sit there and jerk off and not care about what their opponent is doing forever and then yeah. which to be fair that's kind of what Mangucci's trying to do since he is playing an entrance forerunner but i mean nothing i mean that's fine like you gotta have stuff ha like that happening in the format but like if everybody's doing it you don't want that i mean the fact that like this strictly worse crater hoof behemoth is actually seeing play in standard is kind of awesome in my opinion i mean yeah like we'll go with it but <laughs> so, i don't know like it, it honestly so like let's just let's just wind this back to the bands and stuff like that like i know you said you think they were correct yes yeah, do you think they? Do you think that was the point they should have stopped, or do you think they should have hit Nissa, or do you think it's just like you're kind of like I just hate Nissa and wanted it banned? I've just I've played against Nissa so goddamn much, and I think a lot of people yeah. just didn't. I I it's less I want Nissa to be banned. It's mm -hmm. more I think people didn't 
understand the the what was actually the problem. Okay, fair. Oko was ridiculously powerful. Oko homogenized the game. Oko makes all the games very, very similar. Yep. Oko was just a slowdown point to get to Nissa. Okay. Nissa, Nissa was the closer. Yep. Nissa can be interacted with. She really can. Yep. Like, I wish it was possible to play a deck like Feather right now because, or rather, I wish we still had Reckless Rage. Rage. Yeah, that's right the... now. Because that combo by itself made Nissa utterly abysmal. Yes, and it was awesome stone raining your opponent into friggin' oblivion. Yeah, it really was. Oh, like that, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was less I really thought Nissa should be banned, and more I think people weren't actually evaluating the true problem in standard. Okay. Like and you, they're just like they're just like Oko's annoying, so that's the problem. Yeah, when the actual problem was green and blue green to be specific, just yep. had everything. <laughs> they really did. Yeah, you know they had the best early game, they had the best late game, they had really good interaction, they had really good interaction protection. Yep, like the stop gaps that that deck could do was ridiculous, mm-hmm. and it's. People always focus on like the one card that feels bad and not yeah. not on the underlying problem. Yep. People were like, "Man, these Eldrazi are really really bad. They should ban the Eldrazi, or th- they should ban the Eldrazi because we keep losing to them." And Aetherworks Marvel is just sitting there, being like, "Yep, definitely yep. the Eldrazi. Yep, definitely. Totally, guys. Yep, look at look over there at the Eldrazi. They're yep. the problem." Definitely not me letting you cast them for free on turn four yeah. or anything. <laughs> but, I don't know. People, I, I feel like people just get blinded by that and don't look deeper into what the format's doing. Yeah. Um, so actually, I'm going to ask you one, another kind of question regard with, with this, uh, with one of the bands. Once Upon a Time. There's my question. <laughs> <sighs> I get it. I really do. People are idiots. Do you just not think that that was at all the problem? Or do you think... like Was that card totally fine and people just overreacted? So the, the problem with it is any green deck probably yep. needed to play four of them. Yep. Right? That's just a thing that you had to do if you were playing green because the card... Mm-hmm. Did everything you could possibly want in green. Yep. It really did. Yep. At the same time, the fact the first one was free, I think people focused on too much. Okay. Yes. If it's the first spell you cast, it's free. And free spells are really powerful. It's literally a free cantrip. It made mm-hmm. the games play out very similar, reliably got you to blah, 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 blah. Yep. There is a slightly higher than 40% chance that card's going to be in your opening hand. Yep. If it's not in your opening hand, spend it, casting that for two mana is not good. And you're probably no, not going to do it for a long time. It's not great. I know, and I've had multiple in my hands when playing Pioneer, even. You're just like, okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> it's like, all right. Sit, we're going to sit on it. It's like, cool. I'm on a mulligan to six right now. Yep. We'll, we'll, you know, do this eventually at some point. Yep. Like, yes, the first one being free is powerful, but people 
people are like, it's the fact that this existed and the London Mulligan existed, and you get to play all these things just makes it too consistent. And they got to do all this shit. Like, yes, the London Mulligan exists, and yes, you can Mulligan to something like um, Once Upon a Time, and it'll smooth out your draws and yada yada. But here's the thing, right? Are you really going to Mulligan to six just to find a Once Upon a Time? Or sorry, are you going to Mulligan to five? Yeah. And. I'm still firmly of the belief the actual difference between mulliganing to f- mulliganing to six with a London mulligan and mulliganing to mulliganing to six with a Vancouver mulligan is almost non-existent. Yeah, the difference between looking at a card and choosing any card and putting on the bottom versus scrying one is almost negligible. Yeah, like at most, it's like all right, I have one more. Like you just have a better like view on how many lands you are going to have, like yeah. purely from a getting manister standpoint. Mm-hmm. And you hear people talk about how you know you have these people mulliganing to like five just to have their consistency and shit. And like yeah, they're doing that, but they're still mulliganing to five. Yeah. You that means they're down two cards on you. You know what they're doing. You should be able to have something that can interact with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, that's on you. (laughs) Like, just because your opponent mulliganing to five and cast a Nissa on turn three, why didn't you have literally anything to interact with them up until that point? Right. (laughs) Literally at some point it's just like, what the hell? I don't know. Someone made a comment recently about how basically social media has like ruins proper magic growth and discussion and i don't want to be one of those people but i definitely see where they're coming from but they're not they're not really wrong like i enjoy social media i'm always checking twitter i enjoy like seeing what other people are doing and all that but my god people need to learn to shut the hell up uh, I mean, people—it's—it's it's just a big pile of hyperbole in a lot of ways. Like, and that's what's so—that's what's so frustrating. I think a lot of times is just the constant complaining about dumb shit like that. But yeah, where it's like nut up and do something about it, right? Exactly. Like, stop whining and wanting the world to bend to your whim because you're of the opinion that that's. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah. go down right. my line of we'll thinking. Just, we'll, I was gonna we'll say just, we'll just bad leave idea. it here. All right, we're we're at the time anyways. So John, do you have any final things to say before we? Not really. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm, we made it the whole way on this. I guess maybe we can use our other topic for next week or something to actually do research. Um, but, so, um, if you want to shoot us some feedback, you can send us an email to thelocometa at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocometapc. Uh, check out thelocometa.com for uh, links to all of our episodes, links to the Discord. Check us out there. And, um, uh, yeah, that's that. John, last words before we wrap it up? Uh, magic is sweet. Yeah. All right, cool. We will catch you next time. See you.